Welcome to the Adoption Connection Podcast, where we offer resources to equip you and stories to inspire you on your adoption journey. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it, and we're here for you. Hey, friends, welcome to episode 205. We are so happy you're here with us today. We are looking toward the end of 2022, and we thought it would be great to sort of recap a little bit of the year and reflect a little bit on both of our lives and what's happened in 2022. I think we both have experienced the value of reflection. We both work with spiritual directors, and I know my spiritual director is always moving me toward pausing. You know, we tend to just rush on through life, and she's always encouraging me, pause, reflect, what was good? What was not? What do you want to continue? What don't you? I mean, so and a lot of deeper questions too. So we were chatting about this this morning. And to be honest, we are, this is spontaneous. This is like if Melissa and I didn't live across the country from each other and we were getting together for coffee and we're like, Hey, let's, let's use this time in a meaningful way. Let's talk about 2022. So here we are just talking about 2022 with no uh, preparation. Yeah. And reflection is really hard for me because I am moving quickly. I'm always looking towards the next thing. Uh, so when Lisa says we thought this would be a good idea, what she means is she thought it would be a good idea. And I know that it is a good idea, but it's like one of those things where you know, you're like, oh, that sounds hard. And then you're like, which means I should probably do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so Lisa, what have you learned in 2022? Oh, my goodness. I feel like I've learned so very many things, but it's hard for me to, to narrow it down. Okay. I'll tell you what. I actually need to think about, about it a little bit more. So why don't you answer first, Melissa? What did you learn in 2022? I learned a lot about grief. So we, we lost my dad in April. That was the first person in my cognitive explicit memory who was a daily part of my life to lose someone in that capacity. So uh, that has not been a fun learning journey, but I think it's been a healthy one. And I think it's helped me think through a lot of things about other types of grief that we've talked about here on the podcast, like ambiguous loss and disenfranchised grief and all of those things. I have also started doing something that I actually swore like I would never do, which we all know is a really good formula for meaning that you're probably going to have to do that at some point in time. At least that's the way my life goes. And I started working with adoptees. And so that has been a huge learning space. And I am an adoptee. And I always I'm saying here on the podcast, we need to honor every individual story and follow our kids leads. And so even though I have lived experience in the space, that just, that's one piece of the puzzle. And so it's been really such um, a challenging journey, but also really rewarding to be in spaces with other adoptees, both as a participant in groups. And then also I've been leading um, some small groups through Enneagram material. And, um, and that is really fun to me too. I've loved seeing you develop that because, you know, you have all this that you bring. We're so used to uh, supporting adoptive parents, but 
you bring so much as an adoptee in your experience and your knowledge that I'm really, really glad that you've branched into that. You know, we've talked about in the past that I'm a first mom, birth mom. And every time I think about, should I expand into that space? I'm like, it is too painful. I don't think I'm in a place, even after decades, the loss is still so profound that I don't know that I'm the person to do that right now. Like Suzanne Stabile says, what is yours to do? What is mine to do? She asked that question. And every time I think about offering support to birth moms, I'm like, is that mine to do? Mm, Maybe not yet. Maybe someday, but not yet. So, but I do love that you are doing that. Well, I'm, so I'm putting my spiritual direction hat on Lisa, not because I am one, but because I am mentored by one. And I, I can hear my spiritual director saying to you, like, what's the invitation in that for you, Lisa? Like, and then what's the next thing, you know, if it's not to jump into that space? I think the invitation in that is probably for me to continue to process my grief, even though it feels scary for me. Grief has been so much part of my journey as an adoptive mom. And not to go too dark and heavy here, because that's not really the point of this episode, but grief is it. The thing about grief, it's interesting that we're both talking about grief, but I think that is an important point to note that we are shaped and changed by grief and it is a profound experience. And so for me, I find myself wanting to weave more and more of grief work into the work I do with adoptive parents because there are losses. And we've talked about that before. The invitation for me, I think, as 2022 is coming to a close, I think, you know, I'm in the process of becoming a spiritual director. My spiritual director says I am a spiritual director and I'm working toward embracing that and saying, yes, I'm a spiritual director and I'm going, I'm going through this program. I think the invitation for me is to really explore more about grief, my own and other people's and be prepared to support people through that in my work as a spiritual director and as a parent coach. Yeah. So I'd say that is probably the That's what you're learning in 2022 because you started your spiritual director program. I did. And actually, when we were talking, I, as you were talking, I thought, okay, this is what I learned. I learned that obviously I know that we cannot all do it all, but 2022 for me was a year of saying no to so many things. It was a year of clarifying that pretty much I need to really focus on my family and this spiritual direction program. And then some of the work that you and I are doing together, like I had to sort of narrow it down and I don't like missing out on things. I'm not as bad as you are, Melissa, like you really (laughs) can't stand to miss out, but I don't like missing out and having to cancel things and say no, like every time a speaking request would come in, I'd be like, oh, maybe I can do it. And finally, I had to just realize for 2022, my answer has to be no, because my family had so much going on. We had a wedding. We had two weddings, sort of, the same daughter, but a wedding in the US, a wedding in the UK. And two grandbabies. And two new grandbabies. And those things right there. Oh, and then a very special trip with my mom and sister. So there were so many very big family things that I had to just step back from almost anything that took me away from home very much. That's been hard for me. But what I learned is it's okay. It's okay to step back 
And there's that part of me, that fear that's like, oh, if I say too many no's, nobody's ever going to ask me again kind of thing. But that's not true because I know the Lord will bring exactly what he wants me to do into my life, which will end up on my calendar. I don't have to, I don't have to worry. Like I can just trust. And right now my family's needs are really intense. So I need to be okay with that. So I'd say that's one of the biggest things I've learned is I, it's okay to, to say no. And even if it means I miss out on things that I wish I could do that I want to do. And it's okay to say a whole lot of yeses to my family because there are things that won't ever come again, you know, that with my family, I'm, you know, these two beautiful granddaughters I have saying yes to canceling everything else so I could be present for my daughters and their new children and saying yes to traveling to the UK, which sounds really, really fun, but it was a huge deal to manage, but traveling to the UK and just all these different things. So I'm learning to be better as I'm talking. It's all coming clear. <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming better. This at, is why it's important to reflect, right? People, <laughs> yeah. Right. Friends. We were having coffee. I'm like, everybody's probably listening, saying, okay, we get it. We get it. You learn to say no and you learn to say yes. But that is essentially what I learned. I learned to be better at saying no to what I need to say no to and yes to what I do. Yeah. I, I would say I am also doing that and it's simple and yet very hard. Yeah. It really is. So, I mean, for all of you listening, it's an important thing to reflect on, like being clear. What, like Suzanne says, I always think of this. What is mine to do? What are the things that God is leading me to say yes to coming up in the future? Like as we're looking toward 2023 and what is he leading me to say no to? And it, it doesn't have to be no forever. Maybe it's just no, like for me, it was no for 2022 on a bajillion things. It felt like in order to say yes to what was most important. You know, I, when we ask questions like this, like I immediately go to my head, you know, I'm like thinking like, well, what am I being invited to? What did I learn? And as you're talking and as I'm coming off of a meeting with my spiritual director, I'm thinking, man, like these would be great prayers, you know, like, oh yeah, God, what, what was I supposed to take away from 2022 or God, what are you inviting me into, into this next year? Or yeah. what should I be saying no to? she also spends a lot of time trying to get me back into my body and my heart. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like what's your heart saying or like what you, when you think about those things, like where do you feel it in your body? Yeah. Where do you feel it in your body? Yeah. I think, um, I, I learn a lot by writing. So sometimes just simple lists, like what do I feel God is leading me to say no to? What do, what do I feel God is leading me to say yes to? Just literally like brain dumping it out and saying, okay, Lord, give me clarity. Where, what are my yeses? What are my no's? You know, what did I, what did I say yes to in 2022 that probably should have been a no? And how did that feel? And what can I learn from that? You know? So I do think there are a lot of opportunities for reflection. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question now. When did you experience God's kindness in 2022? Mm. Just toss a few off the top of your head. Yeah, such a good thing. So connected to my dad's death in April, he actually passed away on a Thursday morning and our son was scheduled to get married in our backyard two days later. So that's Saturday, which is crazy. And we pulled it off and it was the right thing to do. But we felt God's kindness in just that day, like April in the mid Atlantic is kind of a toss up, like weather wise, you know, April flowers bring 
April showers bring May flowers, right? Like it could have been this disaster of a rainy day and it was gorgeous. It was like the perfect temperature. There was sun in the sky and it just made everything feel like it could go smoother. So I felt like there was a ton of kindness in that being just like feeling like the perfect day. Uh, Cause there was really nothing we could actually do about the weather. Obviously I, there's just been a lot of little things like to say them out loud would be kind of weird, but just little things where I thought like, man, it would be really great if this little thing, you know, this little thing would make my life easier. And then it just, it would be there. You know, like I feel like God provided in these lots of little ways. And um, I know he stretches us in seasons, but I did feel like a lot of this year was like the kindness of like, not too much outside of, you know, dad being sick and losing him. But there were a lot of other like just really sweet, beautiful moments with our family, with our granddaughter, with other family. And so I'll, I'll mix into all the other tricky things of being in this like sandwich generation. Like we're in, I'm in that stage where we're still actively parenting. We have two grandkids. So there's like that extra level. And we have parents who have more and more needs, which is tricky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm definitely in that that position as well. I was thinking what popped into my head when you were talking, Melissa, is just the unexpected kindness of God with your families embracing this cornhole and your son being able to do it with your husband. Cornhole is a kindness in 2022, for sure. Yes, yes. And the fact that your 13-year-old and your husband and your whole family, but really the two of them going to tournaments. I mean, what what an unexpected, joyful thing. So fun. Yeah, it's really been great for all of us. There's actually a like, quote unquote, tournament on Fridays. It's more of like a community thing and it's free. So because there's no money involved, like it, you know, I feel like I can participate without like mm-hmm. pissing anyone off. And so <laughs> we've done that a couple of times. And yeah, I mean, rhythm and repetition, like yeah. hours and, and relationship. hours. Yeah. And relationship hours and hours of throwing. And we've made new friends. Like we are in a neighborhood that has not been super friendly in some ways. Like, I don't know, I think culturally, I don't know, whatever it's, and we have a really nasty homeowners association, but we have connected with this family down the street. We had kind of knew them a little bit. Mia's babysat for them before. Um, but it turns out the dad in that family is a, as obsessed about cornhole as my husband, Patrick. And so it's just been another like way you know, sweet connection. They have two little girls that are a little older than Ava. So like he'll come up to play cornhole with Patrick. He'll bring his girls up. Now Ava has a playmate. So there's been all these additional pieces of kindness and, you know, just super fun. I love it. That's really, really nice. What about you, Lisa? Oh gosh. You know, I can come up with a lot of things. This is easier for me than uh, what did I learn in a way? Um, I think a couple kind of quick things, obviously, um, becoming a grandmother. I mean, what an incredible kindness. And maybe I've said this before, but I always expected that I would be a really young grandmother because I started my family young. And as it turns out, all of my adult kids have started, well, only two of them have started having families so far, you know, so they're marrying later, they're starting their families later. So I became a grandmother much later than I had imagined I would. And it is so sweet, 
you know, these, these baby girls are just so, so sweet. And so I just returned from Boston after being with my daughter and son-in-law when they gave birth to their first baby. And I think I shared before that um, she had some special medical needs that required them actually to relocate to Boston from their home and give birth to her there. And we just saw the kindness of God in multiple, multiple ways, everything from the beautiful birth to how well she has done physically while they've been there, they are still there now. And the other thing I would say, maybe above all, and I don't want to get too choked up, <laughs> but seeing my daughter and her husband just navigate this so beautifully, like my son-in-law, I've gotten to know him in such a deep way after sharing a hotel room and basically living at the hospital. I mean, the three of us with the baby were just at the hospital all the time and seeing just what an incredible father and husband he is. It's just been a huge, huge blessing and a sweet kindness for sure of the Lord in this year. Isn't it great when our kids pick spouses that we really like love? We have yes. just one kid who's married and we were just talking about this the other day. They were over and I was like, man, I'm just really glad I like Liz so much. I mean, like we would obviously welcome in, like try to support whoever our kids bring home. And sometimes it's more of a stress than others. And we just adore Liz and her son. So I love that's it. been a kindness too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have four married kids now, right? Yeah. Four. And I adore all their spouses. So I'm really, really, really thankful about that. I did want to share one other thing that was a kindness of the Lord in this year. And I, um, <laughs> to protect the identity, I will have to leave out some details, but we had something really unexpected happen with one of our kids. And, you know, as you all who are listening know that the healing journey with our children is long. And I think for many of them, the, uh, the trauma and the attachment wounds are going to be with them throughout their lives. But we had a situation with one of our kids where, um, he made a reckless decision and there was fallout. You know, there were things that had to be dealt with. I think he expected us to be very angry, to kind of react in a harsh way or something to make his life harder, place a lot of heavy consequences on him. And it actually happened while I was at my spiritual direction program. And I had quite literally told my little spiritual direction triad that I felt like the Lord was leading me to become a person of peace. So I'm talking about becoming a person of peace, like really embracing that into my soul and being a person who brings peace because I, I don't naturally bring peace into situations. I can be a little angsty, you know, as you know, Melissa. So I'm quite literally processing this. And then I get this phone call about this incident. I feel like the Holy Spirit took Russ and I on a little journey, a parenting journey, something we hadn't experienced before where we brought peace into a complex situation. And I think we were able to demonstrate love to our son in ways that we had never been able to before, where we really had his back and we supported him and we were very reasonable. I, I think it has opened doors of healing 
in our relationship that I'm complete. I would say if you'd asked me what surprised me the most in 2022, this is probably it where I am surprised by the power of some healing and, and uh, yeah, that happened in this incident. So <laughs> I guess maybe uh, God's kindness is he's actually teaching me even still that I can grow in my faith, that I can learn to listen better, that I can let the Holy Spirit lead me and that it, it results in really beautiful fruit. So for all of you out there who are thinking, my kids are never going to heal. I, with two of our kids this year, I feel like there's been some pretty profound healing. Mm, I love hearing that. So Lisa, what is God inviting you to continue in 2023 based, you know, when you reflect back on 2022 and then moving into 2023? I think he's inviting me to continue to really seek clarity about my yeses and my noes in order to balance my life in a good way and to make sure that I am doing the things I'm most called to do because gosh, there are so many wonderful things we could all do, right? I mean, there's so many, tell me about it. (laughs) So many ideas. (laughs) And the problem is it really, I do not do well when I'm spread really thin. I do much better when I'm pretty focused. And you have to tell me this all the time. Like I'll have an idea and you'll be like, and yes, does that move you toward your goals? (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) Like, no, that would be a distraction for us. Um, That big idea that I have would be a distraction from what God has really called us to do coming up in 2023. So yeah, I think being really good with my yeses and my nos. And I'd say the other thing is just to really continue growing in my walk with the Lord. I mean, I've been following Jesus for decades. And the beautiful thing is we we always have a long way to go. I feel like I have a long way to go. But um, my spiritual director and my program are really pushing me to go deeper in areas that I haven't necessarily explored before. And I'm really excited to be offering spiritual direction to adoptive parents on a very small scale right now, but I'd say those are the things I I feel invited. Oh, and to finish our book and I have another book in the works. So writing, writing, writing. How about you? What is God inviting you to in 2023? I think for the last two years, but definitely this year really leaned into the practice of slowing down, making time for things that I know are good for my body and my spirit. Uh, So really prioritizing things like getting out on walks or turning off the car radio, you know, spending more time like in silence, whether that be centering prayer or again, just driving in quiet. So I can like, you know, have a, hear my own thoughts, you know, and see and, and hear God. And so sometimes that doesn't feel like it used to be that those were the first things to get canceled in my day. Like if I like felt like I had a lot to do, I'd be like, I don't really have time to take a walk or I don't really have time to get myself to yoga or, and I think a combination of, you know, being in spiritual direction and then, you know, just my body, like I feel better. Like I have low back issues now, like all these things. Right. And I'm finding that like things like hot yoga, like help my whole body feel better. Like takes like some of those like aches and pains and all the things that distract me from doing. So even though it takes like a chunk of time, it's still really good. So I think I'm going to continue to, yeah, 
be a little bit choosier with yeses and nos to protect the time to care for my nervous system. A couple years ago, I started being really intentional about saying yes to spending time with family. Like, because again, like it is easy for me to be the workaholic to be like, I mean, y'all are watching something that I probably wouldn't choose to watch. So you watch that and I'll like, you know, I'll take my laptop and go in the other room and like get some stuff done. And so I was always finding excuses like, yeah, like, like I, I could do that, but it's not like what I love to do. So I'll just go do my own thing. And, you know, our kids are getting older. PJ and Mia will probably move out in the next couple of years. And, you know, we've Ava now and, you know, these years like where you get to, where they still want to hang out with you. And she wants to, you know, like cuddle in the morning or, you know, interrupt my sleeping, my sleep in Saturday or whatever, or, you know, like playing cornhole, like this last Friday was a perfect example. Uh, we have a bajillion things to do. We're going out of town. Like as soon as we finish recording here, I'm going to miss, you know, probably two solid days of like work, the working week, uh, driving and I had this like long list of stuff to do. Patrick was like, do you want to go play cornhole with us? And like everything in me was like, no, you guys go like, I mean, it meant the house was going to be almost completely quiet. And I just thought like, oh, that sounds so great. You know? And then like in my head, I was like, no, it's probably really important. Patrick and I have not, we've been like passing chips for the last couple of weeks. And I was like, and his love language is time. And I was like, nope, you know what? I should go, I should go play cornhole. And we did. And I have things that I really wanted to get done over the weekend that didn't get done and it will be okay. And I think that thing where you have things that you wanted to get done and they kind of fall off, like either you miss deadlines or just like all of a sudden it sits on your to-do list for so long. And then you're like, wait, do I really need to do that? Has been really a gift too, because I'm like realizing like, if I don't get to all those things, like the world doesn't stop turning. And so it's kind of forced me to say, prioritize those things. Cause then like I, I take away, you know, the four hours alone I had in my house on Friday. And now I have this like little snippet of time on Saturday to work. And then I have to look at all of the things on the list and be like, okay, well, what's the number one priority? (laughs) Yeah. It's been interesting with our work because, um, you know, we've got this deadline with this manuscript. And so like every day I just write that on my planner, first thing manuscript. And then if that's all that happens, that and taking care of my family, then that's what happens because it is, the number one goal right now is to wrap up a really big project. So it's a good feeling, but I understand that pull though. Like if I ever get a chance to be alone in my house, it's just dreamy, you know, but I also need to set aside all my, this is what I want to accomplish in order to make time for the people I love. All right. I think we should move in a slightly different direction and talk about some of our favorite things from 2022. What was one, I, it, this would be impossible to say my very, very favorite, but what is one of the fav- your favorite things that you read in 2022? I really loved the, Magnif- the Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post. I think it's, it's like historical fiction. It's almost like reading a biography, but I don't know that it's, I don't know. It reads more like fiction than an actual biography, but super interesting a lot of stuff that I never knew. Um, she is the he, was the head of the post empire, like post grape nut, like cereal. But then it turns out that 
that turned into general foods and they own like so many brands that, you know, I had no idea because I don't pay attention to that stuff very much, but super interesting story. So that was a, a good read. What about you, Lise? I usually I keep a list every single year of every book I read. And this year I did not do that. And I'm sitting here at my desk and all the books around me and thinking, okay, was that my favorite? Was that my favorite? Okay. Well, just list some of the ones you read. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, I just finished reading Start With Hello by Shannon Martin. It is really good. It's about, let me read the whole, it's right here on my desk because I want to leave an Amazon review for her, which is an opportunity to tell you Amazon reviews really matter for authors. I never, ever used to leave reviews. I would just read a book and think, wow, that was great and move on until I became an author. And now I know it actually makes a difference. Authors really do read your reviews and we really do care. And Amazon has these crazy algorithms and the more reviews you have, the more they let the book show up for people who are searching for things. So there's my plug. If you've read The Connected Parent and you have never left a review, I would be profoundly grateful if you would do that. It would it would mean the world to me if you would do that. Same with the podcast. Although I did just hear a rumor yes. that reviews don't actually matter to the algorithm, but we actually do read the reviews and it does help us continue to record every week to know that there's people out there listening and enjoying. So also another plug, if you're listening, yes. if you're new, or even if you've listened for a while and you have something kind you would like to say about the podcast, leave a review. Yes, you are welcome to do that. We would love it. So anyhow, start with hello. This is the whole thing. Start with hello and other simple ways to live as neighbors by Shannon Martin. The book surprised me. I don't know why, because I've met Shannon and she is such a passionate person about many, many things, but the poor, the reforming the prison system race, all these important things. So this is not a fluffy hospitality book, really. She goes much deeper, but um, but it's also really simple and joyful too. It's not about complex sorts of things like, like here are some of the table of contents, like um, tender is greater than tough, familiar is better than fussy, listening is better than talking. Well, hello, that's a good one for me because you know, I mean, we have a podcast because we like to talk, but, um, and she actually does include at least one recipe in here, but it's really more about why is hospitality even in the Bible? Why does it matter so much? Why, um, and who are we supposed to be hospitable toward? Is it people only like ourselves that are exactly like us? Or it took the book went in directions that I didn't expect. And I really, really liked it. So I would recommend it a lot. I really enjoyed it. And it's, I, it's probably the most recent book I just finished. Another author I was introduced to this year is Ruth Haley Barton, and she's a spiritual director. And um, I've read a number of her books as part of my program, but also just um, for my own personal growth. But one of the ones I really enjoyed was Sacred Rhythms, Arranging Our Lives for Spiritual Transformation. So also really really enjoyed that book. And it, it's been part of that. And some other books have been part of really reminding me of the importance of the Sabbath. You know, we were part of a faith tradition in a church for a long time where we really celebrated the Sabbath. And then we got away from that. And um, I've been moving back toward that for a while now. But I find myself thinking about it and being more thoughtful about it. And what does it mean to 
honor the Sabbath and it's a gift, you know, and how do I want to use that gift and approach that gift? So anyhow, that those are just two of many, many books that I've read this year. Okay. So with all that reading, are you watching anything? Probably more than I should, but yes. Um, so usually I will have a show that I'm watching on my own and then Russ and I will have a show that we're watching together. And then our son who lives with us too, our adult son, we will, the three of us will have something. So I would say for me, one of the things I've been watching and it's been around a long time, but I'm still watching Call the Midwife. I enjoy that. And that's one that I tend to watch by myself. I don't have to wait for anybody else's schedule. I'll just watch that on my own. Together with Russ and my son, we have been watching Abbott Elementary. Do you watch that, Melissa? I've watched some of it. We don't have Hulu, so I can't go backwards uh-huh. to watch the first, but I did watch a couple episodes. I was on a girls weekend and it's like, it's one of those things you can kind of like pick up in the oh, middle, yeah. like every episode is kind of funny in its own right. Yeah. Hysterical. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's smart. It's smart and funny. So we enjoy that. And then I think I'm trying to think what Russ and I have barely been watching together. You know, things come and go for sure. Well, I've probably said this before. I don't remember if we finished it in 2022 or not, but we really, really enjoyed Madam Secretary. And I don't know where you can find that right now, but that's something that we really have enjoyed watching together. And it, we are finished with it, which I'm a little sad about, but we really enjoyed it. And of course, This Is Us. This Is Us was a great show. We loved that. And we watched that until it ended. So yeah. How about you? What are you watching these days? Well, on my own for the last like year and some change, I've been binge watching Grey's Anatomy from the beginning because I didn't watch it when it originally started. And my girls told me I needed to start. Yeah, I got, I have a thing about finishing things like complete series. So I couldn't like start and stop anyway. Uh, on the plane for my last speaking trip, I finished what was available on Netflix. And so now I'm caught up, like now I'm watching it in real time, almost crazy. Lisa's giving me a crazy look because we started binge watching <laughs> around the same time. And I binge watch apparently more than she does. <laughs> yeah, I, I am nowhere near being current. But it's same thing. My adult daughters were like, mom, you got to watch this. There's some things I really enjoy about it. Yeah. Um, it's like that, like really mindless, you know, TV when Mia and I have a chance to watch something without Patrick, we've been watching Glow Up, which is like a reality TV about makeup artists. She's she's our really artsy girl. And so we watch that. Patrick, Mia. So we have the same thing. Like I have things I watch by myself, things I watch with Patrick, things I watch with. Um, if it's just Patrick and me, we've been enjoying the movies that made us. It's like a documentary on series on Netflix. And so it talks about like what went on behind the scenes in terms of like the mechanics and the making of different movies like Dirty Dancing or Jurassic Park or, but it's not like the mechanics of the actual making. It's not like the director's cut. It's like the politics, like how it got funded, where the screen, the script came from, you know, how it got canceled or moved studios or all that. I don't know. I find it incredibly fascinating. And every time we get to the end, we're like, it's really amazing that any movies got made in the eighties and nineties because so many like almost didn't happen. Like we just watched one on Forrest Gump, which was super interesting. When Patrick, Mia, and I are all three together, uh, which is happening less and less lately, but we've been working our way through the Dahmer series, which I know is not oh. everyone's like thing. Um, it's Sounds more so depressing and disturbing. I know. Well, Patrick and Mia picked it. This is again, one of those things where like, I would probably be like, eh, y'all do that and I'll go do something else. Um, but what I will tell you is 
now that I know what I know about the brain and early childhood trauma, it just changes your perspective on like I'm finding and the, I, I don't know that the documentary necessarily created this, but just because of what I know, like I'm finding like, I have an incredible amount of compassion for this man and it doesn't change like what he did obviously, or, or excuse it in any way. But I just, you know, I just look at like the way his life went and, you know, in some ways I'm like, well, duh, what did we all expect? And two, I'm like, he's painted as this monster, but it's so much more than that. If you know anything about like psychology and the brain and, you know, attachment. And so anyway, not everyone's cup of tea, but yeah, that's what we were watching and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I hear what you're saying though. Like the way I view people, my kids will sometimes think I'm compassionate to a fault, but um, yeah, I mean, I look at people and I think of their woundedness and I don't know how I'd feel about Jeffrey Dahmer and I do not plan to watch that, but um, yeah, it changes how we, how we view people for sure. What are you eating these days? Everything. Different? Everything. everything? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we have a really good friend who's a chef. And so he is always has this list of restaurants that he wants to try. We always trust his recommendations. And recently we had a chance to do a trip. I was already on a speaking trip kind of out this way. And so we were able to meet them in Vegas and we did kind of this like once in a lifetime thing where we went to a three-star Michelin restaurant. That's the top. Like you can get one, two or three stars. We've done some Michelin restaurants before that were one star and they were very good. And we've also been to other really good restaurants that almost seem comparable to like the ones with like one Michelin star. But if you're a foodie and you can kind of save up and budget, like do a three star. It is just this level of service is out of this world. The food was amazing. Like I'll give you an example. So at the end we're having dessert and you know, they come around, they're like, does anyone want coffee or tea tea with dessert or whatever? And so I'm an herbal tea drinker. I don't do caffeine. And so I was like, and not all restaurants like can do that. Like they usually just have like Lipton or something weird, you know, basic. And so I was like, well, do you guys have anything herbal? And they were like, well, we have two options. We could bring you the herbal tea cart or like we have a like tea bags in a box. I'm thinking who picks tea bags in a box? So I kid you not, Lisa, they brought out, I call him the Chinese herbalist. I don't know for sure what his exact job was, but he was of Asian descent and he came out with a whole cart full of herbs and like custom mixed an herbal tea for us on the spot, muddled wow. the, like washed and muddled the herbs and like brewed them for us table side. Okay. I've never seen that. I've definitely never been to a restaurant like that either. <laughs> That's really something. So what about you? What are you eating? I would say the two things that I am loving cooking, and this is probably not different from a lot. Of, this is how it's been for a lot of years, but I really love making curries and I love, which is what we're having tonight for dinner. We're having a chicken curry, coconut curry. And I also love cooking uh, different kinds of Mexican food. And the thing that I did this week is um, I made some pork barbacoa in the Instant Pot. And then I made a bunch of burritos with rice and beans and the shredded meat and cheese and different things. And I rolled, I think I made about 
32 pretty good sized burritos. And then I freeze them all on cookie sheets and then I individually wrap them in plastic wrap and stick them in gallon Ziplocs and all the guys in my house, it's just me and all these guys. And they all love that. And, you know, my youngest was running out the door to school and he just reached in the freezer and grabbed one of these and they're big, one of these big burritos and took it as he went. So I would say those are the things I'm enjoying cooking and nothing very fancy around here at the Qualls house, but um, that's what I'm enjoying cooking and eating right now. Always curry and Mexican food are my favorites. Mm, Yeah. I got to come stay with you while we were writing earlier this year. And I think I got both Mexican and curry while I was there. So you probably did. You probably did. All right. I think we should wrap up with one last question. What sounds fun? Okay. Well, I should back up and say that we both uh, really enjoy Annie F. Downs and her whole podcast is called That Sounds Fun. And she ends with every guest that she has, she asks them what sounds fun. And so what sounds fun for you in 2023, Melissa? Oh my gosh. All the things, like so many possibilities in a new year. (laughs) True. I'm trying to think, I don't, we don't have anything big planned in 2023, like super notable. Okay. Well, I'll tell you all the things that people are talking about. Y'all can't hold me to this. Like it's going to happen, but uh, Mia wants to spend time in Europe and we were like, well, we want to go too. So she told us we could, I don't know if we'll do that, but Patrick and I, oh, this is the other big thing that happened in 2022 was that we celebrated 20 years of being married and we went on an anniversary trip to fish, fly fish in Montana and go to Yellowstone, which was beyond our expectations because we didn't really have any and Yellowstone way exceeded our expectations. And so I know you've been there, Lisa, you've worked there. Yeah. We worked there when we, we lived there for summer when we were in college. Yeah. So if it's, if you, ha- if y'all haven't been to Yellowstone, I would say of like all the parks, it's a good one, maybe the best. And, uh, <laughs> and anyway, so Patrick would like to spend a month fly fishing in Montana. Now he won't just do that. He does have a job that's like flexible. So I'm sure he'll work some too to finance whatever this thing is. But uh, so we're to the point where all the kids, uh, except for Ty, drive, have jobs, like are pretty self-sufficient. So we could take Ty and rent an RV and live in Montana for a month while Patrick can fly fish. I would probably be near me. You can come visit me. I know. And I would, I fly fished on our trip and I, I don't think I would fly fish everywhere, but I would probably fly fish some too. Yeah. Maybe Ty would like it too. Yeah. We'll see. It takes a little bit of a coordinate of coordination, but he would, yeah, yeah, he would have fun doing whatever we would do out there. So uh, that's what Patrick's talking about and we'll see what happens. Well, that would be really amazing. I traveled so much last year for family things. I told myself at the end of last summer, I am not traveling anywhere in 2023, the summer of 2023, I'm not traveling anywhere. And already I can feel myself tempted, but, um, you know, we bought this little shack and it's a cabin, but oh, I shouldn't call it a shack. I should be more grateful than that. It's, it's a rustic little cabin that was built around 1940 in a state park in North Idaho. So we don't actually own the land it sits on. We just own this little structure, but it's a very, very cool thing that we had this incredible opportunity to buy it. And last year I hardly ever got to go at all. And when I went, it was only to work like, um, Isaiah and I spent 
the parts of the summer when I was home, we spent painting and stuff. And it's tiny. Who would have known? It took us so long to paint this little teeny tiny cabin. But neither of us have a lot of experience with exterior painting. I've done lots interior. But anyhow, this next summer, I'm hoping to spend more time there if possible. I'd say the other thing that sounds fun for 2023 is I hope a little more time with Russ. You know, we have been parenting for 30 five, well, almost 36 years. And we need to make a little more time for each other. So I'm hoping to do some fun things with him. I don't know exactly what they'll be. But last weekend, we went for a really beautiful hike up in the state park. It was great. It just reminded me, gosh, it's fun to be with him. So that's probably what I most want to do in 2023. Yeah, I also thought this is the first time that we don't have a huge construction project underway that will disrupt our ability to like have people over and I'm not like a huge hospital. Like I don't do big elaborate gatherings. Like we just have people over and you know, I don't even clean most of the time, but (laughs) we have not had a bathroom for guests or like literally a place for anyone to sit in our home uh, for really since the beginning of 2020. And so it's made us feel a little bit isolated. Now we can have some people like play cornhole in the backyard. And we've had a couple of people over to do that, but we, have a hall bathroom now. Uh, we just emptied our living room back into the basement. The basement isn't finished, but at least all the stuff is out of the front room. And so I am looking forward to, yeah, having more people over in 2023 as well. That sounds super fun to me. It does sound fun. So if you've been listening to our ramblings here, I hope that it's, you know, you're thinking, wow, what would I answer to this? Maybe get together with a friend for coffee. You don't have to record it like we just did, but yeah, ask each other, what's something you learned in 2022? And when did you experience God's kindness? And what is God inviting you to in 2023? And then, of course, you can always share your favorite things. But I, there's something really good about just pausing, even though as we're talking, I'm thinking, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. But it doesn't matter because it's just, it's actually just pausing and reflecting that's so valuable. Yeah. And I think the other thing is sometimes when we get together, like, we're so brain dead from parenting or whatever. And we tend to only talk about our kids or like, we can't pa- get past like, what's the weather. Cause we feel like we don't socialize anymore. And so we don't even know like what to talk to people about. So I feel like this gives a chance for you to have like a good substantive conversation with someone. And, and that's life-giving at least to me. So we hope it's life-giving to you too. This is our last episode for 2022, which is why we wanted to spend some time reflecting. And so we hope that you all have some chances to do a little reflecting, some points of joy as we walk into the last part of this holiday season, which we know can be tricky. Uh, this is a great time to catch up on past episodes. If you haven't, and now there's over 200 for you to listen to, and we will be back uh, the first Tuesday in January with a mailbag episode. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. Our new Instagram handle is at postadoptionresources. Or better yet, join our free Facebook community at theadoptionconnection.com slash Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. And remember, you're a good parent doing good work. The music for the podcast is called New Day and was created by Lee Rosevere.